0: Hi, this is Steve Thomas, pastor of the First Baptist Church at Delray Beach. Welcome to our podcast. We study God's word to apply it to our lives in order to make a difference in this life and in eternity. We hope you enjoy this message. We cry out, we cry out. All right, great to be with you today. As we continue our series called Be the House. And our vision, as we've been sharing every week, is Make Jesus Known. And in this series, we're talking about the reality that you and me and this church, we are to be the temple of God. But it takes some building to have the temple exist, doesn't it? It takes some building blocks, it takes some work, it takes some doing for us to actually be the house and be the connection point between people and God. And it's a wonderful, wonderful project that we get to participate in. Well, this morning we're in Ezra chapter 6, verses 14 and 22. And the title of our message is The Finishers. The Finishers. Do you know what a finisher is in basketball? A finisher is someone who not only can get all the way to the basket, but they also put it in the basket. It may sound simple to you. Well, if you can get all the way there, you ought to be able to, not, not so much. If you watch any basketball game, even if you go out and watch one on the playground, you'll see a lot of guys get there and look like he's just a layup. He just got to flip it in, and it, they miss it. I mean, somebody, some guys are better from a distance than they are up close. But a finisher is a guy that can get a player that can get all the way to the basket, get past the rim protector, and put it in the basket and know the joy of that. A finisher. I remember when one of my sons, uh, I won't name, but his name is Will, um, played basketball in high school. One of his coaches would say, Will's got to start hitting his chippies. And that's what he meant the little chip shots, the little ones that I can make. I mean, in golf, it's like when you get all the way down, and you've only got that, that, that little shot, that little putt that is inside the, the grip, you know, that you should really be able to. If someone's playing with you, they should just give you that, and you miss it, right? A finisher is someone who actually finishes a project. So maybe you've been on a project, work or school, and you're trying to, trying to finish something. You've got a team that you're supposed to all be having parts of this project. And when at the event, maybe it's for an event, and when the event actually happens, some people are finishers and they show up and they get done whatever has to be done, right? You know those people. And then there's other people who have talked a good game all the way through the development stages, all the way through the planning stages. But when it comes time to execution, They're suddenly sick, or they're suddenly not quite able, or they're suddenly unprepared, and they don't actually come through and enjoy the completion of a project. They're not a finisher. See, I'm confident in our word today in in Ezra chapter 614 that we need to be, and we are called to be, finishers for Jesus Christ to bring things to completion, to actually be the house of God, to actually be the connection point between Jesus and other people. You may be saying, well, Steve, wait a minute, I'm a little confused because really all I thought I needed to do was to receive the gift of salvation through, through prayer and repentance, through faith and repentance. I thought that's all I needed to do, and then I was good, and then I could just sit like a bump on a log and come to church occasionally, and I could just kind of live life that way. And that's all, I, all, all, that's all it takes to get to heaven, right? Well, you know, First of all, it's congratulations if you receive the gift of salvation. That's amazing. I'm so grateful for that. I'm grateful for what God has done in your life. I'm grateful that the God of the universe has seen fit to reach down and save you. so grateful for that. But what happens to us at times is we get started, and that's about it. We get started in following Jesus, and we really don't go anywhere, and we wonder why not much is happening. And when that happens, we start to wonder, did anything really happen to me when I received the gift of salvation? We start to question, we start to not feel what we call assurance that'm that I'm a child of God. And we also lose our joy. because the joy is in the finishing. The joy is in others connecting with Jesus through you. So this morning, as we look at this passage of scripture, Ask yourself, am I experiencing the joy of being used by God for others to connect with Him? Is that your life? Or are you somewhere in between and and you're not really seeing much happen? I want to encourage you. I got a great answer for you to help you know the joy of being the connection of God to people. Look with me, Ezra chapter 6, beginning in verse 14. Ezra chapter 6, beginning in verse 14. My notes have stopped on me. Hold on. Ezra chapter 6, verse 14 says this, And the elders of the Jews built and prospered through the prophesying of Haggai, the prophet, and Zechariah, the son of Edo. And they finished their building by decree of the God of Israel, and by decree of Cyrus and Darius and Artaxerxes, king of Persia. Then noun in verse 22 And they kept the feast of unleavened bread seven days with joy, for the Lord had made them joyful and had turned turned the heart of the king of Assyria to them, so that he aided them in their work, in the work of the house of God, the God of Israel. Notice what happens here in verse 14. Really interesting. It says the elders of the Jews built and prospered through the prophesying of Haggai and Zechariah. They built, and the prosperity here doesn't mean that they got wealthy. It means that they were successful. They started to build, and they were able to build. They were able to, to do what they set out to do, which was to build this temple, this connection point between God and man. It's, I can't emphasize enough the importance of that. They didn't just quit. They finished. Now, you remember the story of how they got into this condition, God created the people of Israel through Abraham. They wound up in Egypt as a big nation. God rescued them through Moses, brought them across the wilderness all the way to their land. And God developed them as a people as they conquered the land through Joshua and David. And they become a great kingdom. And things were great. They built an amazing temple through Solomon. But then things went downhill. And the people began to worship other gods, and they began to drift away. They found themselves in exile. But praise God, God doesn't leave us in exile. He doesn't leave us in a place distant from him. I want you to know if you're in a place distant from him right now, the fact that you're listening this morning is probably has probably had something to do with God wanting to bring you back and to stir you up. And that's what he does. He stirs up his people. He stirs up a pagan king named Cyrus, and he sends them back from exile to build the temple and to rebuild the city of Jerusalem. And they come back and they get started and they establish worship and they build the foundation of the temple, but then something happens. They get discouraged and they stop building. They get discouraged. Has that ever happened to you? Have you ever been discouraged and thought, you know what? I just don't think I can go any further. And you kind of stop your worship, and and you stop reading your Bible, and you stop encountering your Christian friends, and you stop learning, you stop growing. You just kind of don't go anywhere anymore. And you stop building the house, which is the temple within you. That's what happened to them. But then along came these two prophets, these two preachers, a guy named Haggai and a guy named Zechariah. And they preached to the people. We saw this last week. And Haggai's message was, listen, you guys are living well. You've been doing this for 16 years. You've kind of abandoned the building of, of God's house. But yet you're living well. You're living in nice houses, nice paneled houses. But your money is going through your pockets because there's holes in them. And you're not able to really make any progress. He says you need to build the house. It's time now to do that. Zechariah comes along and he says, listen, you guys are living the same way the people were living before they got hauled off into exile. That must have been terrifying for them. You're, You're living the way that you're right on the edge of getting hauled off again. But he says, God is faithful and God will restore his covenant with you. And God will bring about his Messiah through you. There's an incredible promise of the future because what you do now is what they're saying. And I think he's saying the same thing to us. What you do now has incredible future impact. Do you realize that when you're the house, you're having incredible future impact, eternal impact, impact that matters forever. And so the children of Israel, the elders of the Jews, they built and prospered, Through the prophesying of Haggai and Zechariah, the son of Edo. Now, get this. Don't miss this. Through the prophesying, through the preaching. To prophesy is one of two things. It's either to foretell, which happens at times, as as the prophets like Daniel would, would foresee the future. But it's also, in most cases, it's about telling and proclaiming the message of God. Because in both of those guys' cases, what happens? The word of the Lord came to Haggai. The word of the Lord came to Zechariah. God's word comes through people to proclaim to other people. So understand this without the preaching of Haggai and Zechariah, the house would never be built. The house would never be built. Take that in for just a moment. How important was their preaching? How important was it that they were faithful to the word of the Lord? How important was it that for four and a half years, the people were under the, uh, the preaching of Haggai and Zechariah, and they kept building the temple? It's so important. You may say, well, Steve, I think you're adding to Scripture here because all I really need is the Bible. I just need my Bible and my quiet time, and I'm fine. I don't need any preaching. I don't, you know what, I, I hear you. But it's not really true in the way that God works. You see, God uses His Word poured through His servants to help people know the joy of being used by Him. That's true throughout Scripture. It's throughout history. It's throughout my own personal experience. I need to tell you, I've known people who have read the entire Bible multiple times, but they're having no impact. They're having no impact on anybody else. They, they can quote you, Scripture. They can do all sorts of things and know the history, the, the history lines, the, the timelines. They know it, but nobody's impacted by them. But I can also show you people who not only do they read their Bible, but they also are under the great teaching of some preaching. They have great teachers in their life, and they also have Christian friends. You're not called to do this all by yourself. If you look at Scripture and the history of the church, what do you see? You don't see in Acts when the church comes, to, comes uh, into being that, that says the people all went off by themselves and they didn't talk to one another and they stayed alone and they, and they developed it. No, what does it say? They, they hung out, right? They got together in houses together, Right. They got to know each other. They, they, they went from house to house, and there was a sense of community that was built. That's what the church is, isn't it? It's so important that we understand that God has called us to be impacted by one another. And then look at verse 22. And I, I, Well, wait a minute. Let me go back to verse 14 for a minute. And then it says, They finished the building, what? By the decree of God the God of Israel, and by the decree of Cyrus and Darius and Artaxerxes, king of Persia. You may say, well, they they completed it because of the preaching. That's the street level, right? That's the Google Maps version when they give that street level view, right? But if you really want to see what's going on, you need to go up 30,000 feet. You need to go up into the heavens to see what God is doing. You see, God decreed it. That's why it happened. God decreed it, that's why it happened. And God worked through what? He worked through the decree of some kings, King Cyrus, King Darius, and King Artaxerxes, which incidentally is is quite a bit forward in this. But God worked through men who didn't even know they were being used. And God stirred up his people. He stirred up a king and he stirred up his people. And when God stirred up a king, that means God provided the circumstances for his work to happen. You see, you all live in circumstances. You all live in a family setting. You all live in a community. We live in a government setting. We live in a cultural setting. We live in the the shadow of Netflix or whatever it is you're watching. Be careful. We'll get to that in a few minutes. We'll meddle a little bit further than that. Um, But it's God who decrees and has a set of circumstances that allowed his people then to respond as he spoke to their hearts See, that's how he speaks to us. Also, he speaks to in our hearts through prayer, right? In the midst of circumstances, right? And then God uses his word in our lives. And in this case, he uses his word through poured through people like Haggai and Zechariah. That's how God works. God decrees it, but even though he could speak it into existence like he did in Genesis, he works through people. He works through circumstances. He works through prayer. And he works through his word. If that sounds familiar to you, you've read Experiencing God by Henry Blackaby. But you see it all in play right here in the Old Testament. I love how God's word is so consistent. And then down, they they go ahead, they finish the, the temple, they start celebrating, they start doing a lot of the feasts again. And in verse 22, kind of caps it off, it says, And they kept the feast of unleavened bread seven days with joy, for the Lord had made them... Sad and miserable. He made them just carry the burden of being a father. Oh, it's so hard. i got to read my Bible. i got to get up at 5 read my Bible. It's tough. I'm sad about it. No, no. He gave them joy. He gave them, he gave them joyful hearts. He had turned the heart of the king of Assyria to them, so he aided them in their work, the house of God, the God of Israel. Listen, when you get to be the house, when you get to be the house, when you get somebody changed by you, when you get to be a finisher. See, to be a, a spiritual finisher is to have someone encounter Jesus through you. Someone encounter Jesus through you. They may not change, but you were able to share some bit of Jesus with them through act or word. Have that ever happened for you? You got to share some bit of Jesus with someone. That's when you're the house, and that's what they were experiencing. God gave them joy. God gave them joy. So, how does this work in our lives today? How do I get to the place where I can have this sense of joy by being being the house? How do I get this in my life? Because, frankly, a lot of us, it's a challenge. Joy is missing. For a lot of believers, joy is missing. Maybe it's because of COVID. Maybe it's because of what's going on. Listen, you should be still having the joy of being the house. And there's three things that we can easily do today. We need to add some things. See, they, the people of Israel, experienced God. They became the house. They were finished. Because why? Because God had the preaching of Haggai and Zechariah. And what we need to do today is we need to binge on preaching, on great teaching, and on Christian friends. You say, well, Steve, that sounds a little dangerous. Yes, praise the Lord, it is going to be a little dangerous. To binge, well, we binge on stuff all the time right now. People binge on water. I understand you're supposed to drink 400 gallons a day now. Isn't that what they're saying? It's unbelievable. I mean, you really can't leave the house if you're going to drink as much water as they want you to drink. you got to stay right there. But, yeah, people binge on Netflix. Don't nod your head unless don't, nobody should, you do, you know you have, you you watch the whole thing, you watch 12 episodes, you're like, how come there's no more? It's 2 o'clock in the morning, but I got to find out, what happened to Princess Diana? I don't know. Read the paper, read the, you can Google, you can find out. We binge on shows, we binge on food, we binge on drink, binge on coffee. Let me encourage you, we need to binge on preaching, teaching, and Christian friendship. See, that's how God pours into our life His Word. Yes, you need to know God's Word. And if you're only going to do one thing, you need to study God's Word every day. Praise the Lord. But don't stop there. Don't stop there. It's only through the preaching of Haggai and Zechariah that they finish the house. Preaching is so available, right? It's so important. See, in preaching, someone gets to stand up with God's Word and they get to irritate you. Praise God, online people, you know, you're watching, you're you're still, you're going to get here. Listen, if you have a preacher that you're listening to and they never get under your skin, you need to find a different preacher. Right? If they never get to you, if you never find a, wait a minute, I need to change something. I don't know that you're hearing God's word. You say, well, pastor, when do you, I listen to at least one sermon, probably two or three a week. And there's great preaching out there. You can always go online and hear all of our back sermons. But there are great preachers out there. You can hear them all the time. There are great preachers locally. There's great preachers naturally. John Piper, J.D. Greer, Dr. Stephen Smith. These are just a few of the great preachers out there who preach the word. Preach line by line through scripture and do a great job of this. Votie Bauckham, there's just locally there's so many as well. You need someone to apply God's word to your life. There's also great teaching. We have some great teachers in our church. I encourage you to be a part of a life group. Be a part of someone who's going to open God's Word, have a conversation with you, allow you to ask questions. Gary Templeton's here, appreciate his teaching. So many others in our church who are great, great teachers of God's Word. But also, teaching can come through reading great works that believers have written about Scripture and about God. And I would encourage you, you should be reading something, something. If you need some help, you need some places to start, I would encourage you, Desiring God, John Piper, Um, God Has a Name, John Mark Comer. There's great, great books out there that can really help. Uh, Persuasive Apologetics, I mentioned last week by Jeff Robinson, a local pastor. There's so much that help you grow and you can pour into your life so you can be the house. When I was in sales, um, I had a corporate sales job for 14 years, and I spent a lot of time in the car. And I listened to more great teaching and preaching than you can imagine in a given day. I had no intention going to ministry at the time. I thought I was just going to be a regular guy instead of a weird preacher guy. I thought I was just going to be a normal guy like Mike Keller, and I was just going to be able to, to, to do those kinds of things. Amen, Mike? Is he a regular guy, Debbie, incidentally? No, okay, we're wondering about that. Uh, Debbie's going like this, if you didn't see her. Um, you guys are back there, I can see you. And I don't know, I'm focused on you all today. Um, I I just, I constantly binged on great teaching and preaching. It laid the foundation for who I am. Helped me so, so much. But then there's a the third thing, there's great Christian friends. You need those people who are going to do life with you who are going to walk with you. They don't have to be your same age. They don't have to be your same race. They don't have to be your same economic level. You need people who are following Jesus, who are walking with you down this road of life. They can be an example to you. They can be a pickup for you. They can just be someone you can talk about the heat or the Miami hurricanes or whoever you want to talk about or just what's going on in our world, just someone to walk with you. Binge on great preaching, teaching, and great Christian friends. You need input in your life if you're going to finish the house. The children of Israel would have never finished the house without the preaching of Haggai Haggai and Zechariah. Don't miss that. Don't let this get away from you. And if you would say today, you know, Steve, I'm just struggling with joy. It's hard for me to be happy. I don't feel like I'm finishing. I feel like maybe I'm getting to the basket, but I'm not putting it in the basket. I'm not a happy person. Maybe COVID's gotten under your skin. Maybe political, political issues have gotten under your skin. You're having a hard time being happy. See, none of that can stop what God wants to do in you. You see, if there's no joy in your life, you're probably struggling to finish. You're living in that zone where you started, but you kind of got distracted. And now you don't really know if you're a follower. You, you think you are, but nothing's really happening. And no one's encountering Jesus through you. See, we don't become the house by deciding, you know what, I'm going to try harder. I'm going to get up in the morning and I'm just going to say, God, I'm going to try really hard. And I'm going to do real. No, you, you be the house by having more input. Great preaching. Great teaching great friendships. You can start to have impact on people's lives. You can start to begin to be used by God to be a blessing, to connect people. Let me ask you, would you like to know the joy of being a finisher? What would that feel like? What would that feel like for someone just to say, you know what, I, I just need an input from you from God. And you're able to apply just maybe a simple scripture. Let me just give you this one scripture. Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. I just want to encourage you with that today. Maybe focus differently. Being the house is allowing the love of God to pour through you to someone else. Wouldn't that be amazing? Wouldn't that feel great? Wouldn't that be joyful? to know that nothing can stop that, that God is using you as His temple. Now, as I'm sharing that today, it might be that you're saying, you know, Steve, I don't know if I've ever received the gift of salvation. I think I had an experience a long time ago, but I, nothing's really happened since then. Maybe you didn't have any more input. Maybe you got away from the Lord, and you're wondering, have I received that? The fact that you're asking that question is awesome. Let me just share that with you. The fact that you're wondering, that you care, that you're saying, Hey, I, I, I want that. I just don't know if I've ever had it. That may be God knocking on your door right now saying, You know, I want you to receive this gift I have for you. But I won't force you. I won't force you. Maybe may be saying to you it's time to, through faith and repentance, to receive that gift. To allow Jesus to make you his temple. And some of you may be saying, you know what, Steve, I, I've kind of stopped. I only really read what makes me feel good. I only listen to preaching that makes me feel good. And I'm only around friends that make me feel good. I'm, I'm not around any of that stuff. You need to make a change today and say, you know what, I, I need some better teaching. I need to know what to read. I need to be a part of a life group. I need to listen to more than one sermon." I need some friends. You may say, well, I have trouble with friends. Steve, I, I don't know. I, I, COVID has got me separated from my friends. I don't know how to have Christian friends. Listen, there's a lot of people in this room. You could talk to one of them today. You could invite someone to have coffee. If you're online and you're really not getting out, people talk on the phone now more than ever. I mean, like when I was a kid, when we used to hog the phone, that's what it's like again. People are like, I, I'll, I'll talk to anybody. You know, hey, you want to sell me a car warranty? Hey, I'm there. Let's talk about it. You know, I'm kidding. You don't need to talk to those people. You see, God has prepared us to be filled to binge on great preaching, great teaching, and great friendships. It's out there, but you are going to have to make an effort. If you never receive Jesus, or you're not sure today's the day. Yes, Jesus, I want the joy of you filling my life. I want to repent of my sin. I don't want to live this way. I don't want to live the way my culture around me lives. I want to live with you, Jesus, at the core of my being. That's what his call is on our life today. Jesus wants to impact the world through you. He wants you to be the house In order to be that, you're going to have to binge on preaching, teaching, and great friendships. Would you bow with me in prayer? Thanks for joining us today. If you'd like to support this ministry, go to our website at fbcdelray.com. Also, click the share button so you can share this message with a friend or someone in need as we seek to know Jesus, to know others, and to make him known. We cry out, we cry out.